Welcome to season five of the For Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcoxon, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. This season, we are going to interview the members of our elder team and their wives. Elders were mentioned throughout the Old Testament, yet were established as an, off, an official office within a local church by Paul in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 of the New Testament. The Bible will also use words pastor, shepherd, elder, and overseer interchangeably for the same role. Each season of life and cultural shift brings new opportunities and challenges for the leadership of any church, and we at Redemption Church Gateway are no different. As we continue to navigate change while being faithful to Jesus, it made sense for our congregation to get to know the elder team on this season of the podcast. Today, I'm interviewing John and Lindsay Cronwell. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Yeah, glad to be here. All right. All right, quick family overview, like how long you've been married and how many kids and pets. Anything else interesting? Uh, yeah, so we've been married uh, 19 years, so almost, tw- almost wow. two decades. Wow, almost two decades. Yeah, and um, uh, four kids, so uh, boy, girl, boy, girl. Jack is our oldest. He's 16, Emma, 15, James, is 14 and Kate our baby is 12. Oh yeah. wow. Any no, pets? No pets. Um we have kids. <laughs> and uh and Lindsay we we had cats early on. Like when we were first married, we had a cat. Do you remember the cat's name? I'm assuming singular cat. That was enough yeah, or you had it, multiple cats. We had two oh. for a season. And um and then all of a sudden kids started coming along and it was like we have to figure out how to keep this this human alive i think we should focus our energy on that yeah Lindsay, did you grow up with pets i had a couple dogs but i've never been a big pet person yeah and i like a clean house so oh yeah <laughs> kids, me too kids are enough right yeah. Now. yeah yeah all right well how did you guys meet uh well technically we met in preschool i do not remember that but um our families uh our families were friends. We went to the same preschool, and so that I think they carpooled together. And so we're told that we used to be in the carpool growing up uh, in preschool. I don't remember that, but um, throughout uh, throughout elementary, the, uh, Lindsay is uh, a couple years younger than me, so her and my sister were really good friends. I'm I'm friends with her older brother Matt, so we we hung out. We we knew each other growing up, but it wasn't until high school when all of a sudden uh, my friends little sister became uh catching catching my eye like became something that uh, i noticed and um and so uh high school was really where we became friends the last couple of years of high school and Lindsay, do you remember him in preschool no 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 okay and and how did how did your parents get know each other was it through work through, was it through church like just neighbors I think they met in the preschool, maybe. It was a Montessori, so they had to carpool. So I think that is maybe just where they met. I don't actually know. Who, who did more? We were both homeschooled, and so we were kind of in the same circles in that. But. Yeah, and then and then in in high school, the uh, the you guys, your family started coming over um, to church with us, and so our parents yeah. became pretty close. Our parents are best friends now, so they co-lead a, a small group. Um, together and and hang out together all the time, which is cool on one hand, uh, inconvenient when we were needing babysitters and both sets of parents were busy with each other. It couldn't help us out, but yeah. 
So mom and dad, you have to go on a double date. I mean, we we're trying to get, leave the house and we need someone to watch kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Uh, and then when did you guys get engaged? By the time I graduated from high school, because he was a couple years older, we were already pretty serious by that point. So um, it was a year after high school we got engaged, and then we got married the following summer. Mm. So, Do you I remember was, what church? That we got married at? Uh-huh. East Valley Bible. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were attending there. All of our family was there, so... Yeah, which is now Redemption Gilbert, so it's yeah. cool. We have a long history uh, over there. And uh, actually, the conference center, the the main worship space that they meet in every week now, I think we were the first or one of the first uh, weddings that, uh, wow. that was open. Yeah. Yeah. And was the reception on, on the campus, or did you guys do the reception somewhere else? Yeah, no, it was there. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what's one thing, if you had to go back, you would change about, like, either the wedding ceremony or the reception? <laughs> Um, we didn't have dancing at the wedding cause neither of us like dancing in front of people. And, um, <laughs> so we didn't want to do any of the traditional dances and so we just didn't make it a priority, but I feel like maybe that made it less fun for everyone else there. Yeah. But I didn't, it didn't bother me, but maybe. I don't know. And then how long were you guys married before your first kid, before Jack? Uh, it's just over two years. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, so, and then tell us how you came to follow Jesus. I mean, I'm assuming you both were raised in Christian homes, but like, when did it become real? Was there a moment where you said, I'm, I'm all in or like, yeah, we'll start with you, Lindsay. Uh, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, we were really involved in church. And so I never remember a time that I didn't believe in God or that the Bible was true or Jesus died for my sins. Um, and so I know I prayed some prayer when I was little and would have said all growing up that I was a Christian. Um, but then in high school, my brother, my older brother, uh, decided he didn't believe it anymore and walked away. And that kind of shook me up because I realized that everything I pointed to, to prove that I was a Christian would have been the same in his life. Mm. And so if it wasn't true for him, um, I didn't really know why it was true for me. So that kind of made me struggle for a few years of just questioning what made me a Christian and doubting whether I was actually saved. And um, I'm a perfectionist and I, you know, could never be perfect enough to feel like I deserved it. And so, um, that for a while and then in the early years of our marriage I feel like God used a few things to just really show me that I was his and uh, one of them was actually planning this church which was Second Mile Church at the time Um, that just grew us in a lot of ways but I feel like Luke brings the gospel into every sermon he preaches and just sitting under that I feel like I started to understand the gospel for the Mm. first time maybe um and then at the same time I was starting BSF which is an in-depth bible study and the first year um we studied John and I feel like just spending a lot of time studying Jesus and what he did kind of made me understand grace for the first time and uh and then around the same time we started having kids and 
in the course of having kids, we had several miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And that really was probably one of the first times I had a major trial in my life. And I just remember a few distinct times when God was comforting me. And like, I always heard that before, like that he would do that, but it felt kind of distant and weird. Um, but I really felt him close and him draw me near and him be with me. And it was just a cool reassurance that like, I do actually have a relationship with this God. I don't just believe him in him or kind of from a distance, but I am his and, uh, and I can't lose that. So Mm. I I don't have to be perfect anymore. I mean, I just still try, but (laughs) I, I don't know. And so I don't know where in that I was actually saved, but, um, since then it's, it's been. And it was really cool. Better. Uh, you got baptized after we had planted the church. It was the first Second Mile Church baptism service. Yeah, 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 which was just really, really sweet to get to be a part of that and see that uh, mm-hmm. with you. Well, thank you for sharing. That's awesome and beautiful. <laughs> John? Yeah, so uh, you assumed correctly I did grow up in a Christian home. Um, I would say growing up, it... Uh, my parents were so involved in the local church. And so between hosting small groups and leading different Bible studies, we just, uh, we really were connected and involved in serving. And um, so that, that wasn't anything new. That just felt like second nature. And, um, but I, I do remember being a teenager and uh, in high school and we had our student ministry small groups and um, I had my student ministry mentor that uh, really, um, he was just a godly man that that I think saw through me, and he was the first one to really start to ask me, like, is this is this your faith, or are you just riding the coattails of your parents' um, mm. faith? And um, and I do think that there was genuine uh, faith there uh, beforehand, but that was the first time that I started to go, what would this look like for me? I, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. And uh, and so that's where it became real. And especially my last two years of high school, started leading a Bible study with a group of friends at my high school, really started developing affection for Jesus and for the church. And um, I think that's, that's a lot of... God used different men in my life in that season to really uh, show me pictures of what... what uh, what it looks like to follow Jesus and not just believe in Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I've had a number of things like that. And then I think right after high school, again, uh, in college, had another godly man that just poured into me. And, um, and he really uh, encouraged me to lean in. Uh, I think he was one of the first people that started to uh, see a, a desire and a hunger for ministry, not, I don't think anything formal, but just really was encouraging me to get more involved. And so uh, started uh, d- because of just uh, the experience I had with student ministries, I decided to go back and as a mentor for junior high boys and, um, and just developed a heart for these young men uh, who many of them were growing up in Christian households. And, uh, and so while it was still fresh in my mind of uh, I was pushing them, you know, what, what does this look like for you? And, uh, and I was also coaching high school basketball. So I had a bunch of uh, non-Christian 
high school age boys that were just searching and trying to figure out who they were and questions of life. And so I felt a real need uh, for the Lord's uh, wisdom and strength and courage in that season to really try and and live out the gospel, but also speak it, uh, speak truth, and um, and to be able to love well uh, a whole bunch of high schoolers that I just desperately wanted to see get to know Jesus. And I think God used a lot of that, honestly, to form a hunger for vocational ministry. Uh, I just knew that I wanted to continue to pour. I thought at that time that someday I might be a student pastor or something, but um, so he, yeah, so he used a lot of those high school years and then the college years as just a springboard to really show my desperation and need for him. Also, seeing just the sweetness of what it is to to be in love with Jesus. Mm, thanks for sharing. Well, here at Redemption Church Gate, we have kind of two designations. We have kind of a staff elder and then a lay elder. A lay elder has a regular nine-to-five job and a career outside of the church, but then serves on the elder team. But you're a staff elder, which means you're a pastor, you're on staff, but you're also on the elder team. You didn't start off in ministry. Like, so what did you, know, what did you do as a vocation or work before you became, you know, uh, where it was added on staff here. Yeah, yeah. And actually, most people don't know that I was a lay elder here. Oh, that's right. Uh, first. So I was a part of the original elder team and um, and then later ended up taking uh, a staff role here. But yeah, so I was doing, um, I was actually working. My dad has a uh, business that he does um commercial kitchens and so he consults and designs them but also uh he's a dealer so he sells all of the commercial kitchen equipment that you see in most restaurants and um i i was doing project management for him and i loved it and uh i got to really take take uh where you you're you're getting handed a lot of uh the important parts of a project but you're getting handed them like nine months before they're even ready to, to go forward. And so trying to think through the big picture and when do they need what and how to, how to implement all this. Um, but the, but the, the thing I also loved about it was, especially in the construction industry, a lot, of, a lot of your time is earlier in the day. And so it freed me up to have afternoons where I could be connecting with guys. I'd, I'd try and do coffees and such where I could uh, meet to, to do Bible studies and things. And so I... It was a real flexible job. I love, I loved working with my dad. I know a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, working with family is a problem, but it was a real joy. And we were, we have similar, a similar heart and passion and care for one another, but we're also wired very differently. Mm. And so I just got to appreciate a lot of his gifts and um, how he did things. And then I got to, I felt like I really added value in a different way in the things that I cared about and got to do. So I did that for a number of years. I don't know, six, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, Lindsay, do you remember the day when he came to you and said, hey, I think I'm going to join the staff over at uh, Second Mile? No, but I knew he always kind of had a heart for ministry, and the working with his dad wasn't a career. It was a kind of temporary thing for him always mm. and so it was more just because he a lot of what he did as a job initially he did as a volunteer first so he was already in that role so it was just really exciting to see it start to become like what he gets to do full-time yeah but I don't remember the, the specific day no 
So you, you have like a new role now. So you were, I think, Passover uh, adult education or uh, before RCs? It was RCs, our, yeah. which is our redemption community, yeah. small groups. Yeah. Uh, now, um, as of as of last month in May, um, my new title, I, th- I think the new title is Ad- Adult Discipleship Pastor. But but really the the scope of it is what really excites me is, is we think about um, adult discipleship. So that's uh, as a church, as Redemption Gateway, we're, we're trying to make healthy disciples all the time. And um, and we were really, especially as a local church, doing that in the context of relationships. So, so relational discipleship is a big, big part of what I get to do and what I love to do. And um, and so th- this is a much broader scope. Uh, so I'm I'm able to think through all of all of the adults that are involved in our church from the first time visitor that shows up on a Sunday, really getting to think through our first front door experiences mm. for guests, knowing that um, some of those are church people, some of those aren't church people, and how are they experiencing it? Like, that's so disorienting to walk onto a, a church campus and um, trying to think through how the ways to help make their first experience better. And then uh, along the after that would be um, how do we help get them connected and involved in our church? And so thinking through environments like Start Here and Rooted, um, really giving them some clear next steps, some good first steps for them to take, uh, as well as all of our community environments. So in addition to RCs, our small groups, um, men's environments, women's environments. Um, and then uh, and then after that, just a, we have a bunch of classes, a bunch of uh, spiritual formation environments that were that are in place and that we're, we're planning to deploy and build uh, this coming year, um, as well as all the, the care and counseling stuff that just uh, in, a, in a growing church where there's um, just a lot of need, uh, I see a lot, of, um, a lot of people that really have a desire to serve in those ways and so get to help support and care for those teams, the people who are doing that stuff. So it's a, it's a pretty wide scope, but uh, the thing that I love about it is we have so many good um, ministry leaders, both staff people and volunteers that are really on the ground engaged in those ministries and are leading them in such a healthy way. And so I get to play more of a big picture guy and come in and just go, what are you working on? How can I help? Uh, what do you need? I want to support you. And um, and then in the midst of it, kind of see how it all connects to the big picture at Gateway. Like, how does this fit? Um for our church and mm. so yeah so i've i've been i've been in this new role for just a little over a month now and and i'm loving it it's it's really uh something that i'm enjoying a lot that's awesome wait Lindsay, what does your week look like mm-hmm. think think like monday through sunday like what are you what are you doing what are you responsible for lots of children um <laughs> i've been a stay-at-home mom since jack was born uh so i've been doing that mostly um the last know seven or eight years I've also done some part-time daycare for a few families um, that we know uh, and yeah like I, when school's in like is that a, a really busy season season for you guys yeah it comes and goes we try to keep it fairly simple but in high school now there's just yeah. there's a lot um, has it helped with uh, Jack driving a little bit but he doesn't have his own car yet so uh, it's not like, you know, but they go to school across the street and they can walk, which makes a huge difference. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm kind of in a new season where I feel like I 
I'm starting to look at what's next. I could probably get a job now and kids don't need me as much, uh, but I'm not really, I'm not really sure what that's They still be. need you in just di- in a well, different I way. They don't need to be home all the time. Lindsay's <laughs> really good at, uh, at making sure every, everything's running smoothly <laughs> and that everybody's where they need to be. And um, with, with a family of six and especially, all, you know, a bunch of high schoolers who are all involved in extracurricular activities, um, knowing where to be, when, when, and how, and, and all of that, um, she just, she's good at managing it all. And so I think she keeps things running smooth. And, Is that uh, something you learned from your mom? Probably. We're, I mean, we're really similar and we're very organized and do you use any software? Do you have a piece of paper and a pencil and you start writing down the to-do list? Like, uh, tell us how you how you keep the ship moving forward. The calendar, mostly. The calendar, shared okay. calendars. Uh, we have a family shared one. John and I have a shared one. Oh, here's a question, though. Does John get in trouble when he doesn't put something on the calendar? And he's like, hey, Lindsay, <laughs> I got this thing. And you're like, is it on the calendar? No, he's pretty good about If it's outside of work hours to get on the calendar for us to see because I don't good always job, see John. his work calendar but uh, <laughs> but yeah mostly or he'll just tell me and I'll put it on the calendar has it but, changed with the smartphone oh yeah it's amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I used to have a paper calendar but now it's really nice because even now the kids are teenagers they are shared on it so they can see what's going on I don't have to like write it on a whiteboard for everyone to know the schedule um and it's just with me whatever <laughs> So do the kids have set chores or do you kind of delegate what you need uh, on a more of a unique day-by-day, week-by-week basis? Both. Uh, it's I feel like shifted when they were little. It was much more routine and set. Um, now that they're not always all home, it's a little bit more of me just asking people to do kind of the routine stuff. But they do. They all have weekly chores that they have to yeah. Talk be about, in charge of. Because you're really good at this. Talk <laughs> about the ways in which you've, thought through over the years having our kids doing chores and things there when our kids were really little before many of our friends were having their kids doing things on their own Lindsay was really good about having having them do a bunch of stuff and I was the one going are are you sure that they can do that they're like like four you know can they really do this start them early and um and she she's been so good at helping them feel like they're a part of our family and take ownership. And so talk about how that's even changed over, over the years. Well, I feel like it started, I was a preschool teacher when I was in college. And, uh, I remember I, my first job was helping a lady who had an in-home preschool and these kids were like three and four and they would eat lunch there. And we would, well, she, the other teacher would make them like clean up after themselves and throw their trash away and wipe the table and all this. And the parents would start picking up around that time. And I remember them watching and several of them commenting, like, I didn't know my kid could do that. Like they, (laughs) they're old enough to like help. And I think when they're your own kids, you just always never see how old they are or I don't know. Or capable. And so that just, I don't know, taught me that they can start early. And so, you know, with little things, just helping out and making it feel like this is not just my job. This is a family thing. And, it's got to run smoothly, and I need help, and they make big messes. So <laughs> they, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's awesome. What do you guys love to do uh, for fun as either a couple or as a family? <laughs> uh, 
I feel like sports are a big thing for us right now. We've always loved, I love watching sports. Um, we're big Cardinals and Suns fans, um, so we try not to miss those games. But now that our kids are in high school, high school sports are really fun. And uh, I don't know, one of my favorite things has been just going to all those events. And Who's all playing them. sports? Jack's been doing high school football for a while, and football is one of my favorite things to watch. So that's just been, I don't know, it's different than flag football when they're in elementary school. It's uh, it's really fun Friday nights. And now we have a few that are starting in track and volleyball, and um, so I'm excited to get some new ones. Nice. In there. Did you play any sports in high school? I did. I played basketball all nice. four years. Wow. Surprisingly, because I'm are you not a, good. Are I'm you short. a shooter? You drive to the hoop. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you had fun. I, I had never played before. We were we went to a really small charter school and had no tryouts, and all my friends were playing, and they talked me into doing it freshman year. And I, I'm not good, and I've never felt good at it, so I was never confident going in the game. But it was just a lot of fun to be a part of the team, and so, uh, yeah, that's cool. Do you have any, I know job, John's got a big hobby we'll talk about here in a second, but do you have a hobby, something that you really just enjoy doing or reading about or learning or trying? Not really. I've never been a big hobby person. Um, I love reading and watching movies, but it just kind of depends on the season. I feel like I haven't had a lot of time to just have hobbies. <laughs> We'll see what comes up. I don't know. Well, I know this next topic, John and I could probably have a whole episode <laughs> just talking about, about coffee. You're talking about coffee. How yeah. did you fall in love with coffee? And then uh, where's your problem? I mean, your love for it right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, surprisingly, Lindsay introduced me to coffee after we were married. So neither. You're to blame. Yeah. I so <laughs> my parents didn't drink coffee. So we, we didn't even own a coffee maker in our house growing up what so i had no idea yeah coffee just i i like the smell of coffee but the few times that i tried it it was just nasty <laughs> it was gross and so um so i never ever drank coffee and then it was after we were married uh, she was making coffee every day going you know before she was going into work and stuff and she was it was almost like a goal to try and get me to find a coffee that i would like and i'd take a sip and I go, Nope, that one's pretty gross too. And, uh, and then I remember one summer you were making iced coffees and you were putting the syrups in it. And it was like this, uh, it was a dessert drink that had a hint of coffee <laughs> in it. And that was the thing I was like, Oh, I, I like this. Cause I like sweets and this caramel vanilla, whatever it was, uh, I'll, I'll drink this. And, um, and so then, uh, then I would actually started going to Starbucks and getting the caramel macchiatos with extra extra caramel and extra, you know, whatever it was, um, and discovered like raspberry mochas. And I was having all kinds of fun with, with different things. Uh, and it was funny because it, I was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was, I was meeting a lot of different people for just doing Bible studies and things at coffee shops and a whole bunch of guys started just making fun of me. So the, honestly, it was just peer pressure of like, I just didn't want people looking at my pink drink because I'm ordering this white mocha with raspberry and it comes out very pink and the you know I'm sitting across the table from some dude that's drinking black coffee and he's like what are you 
drink in there, uh, some unicorn drink. And, uh, and so it was, and, and I was just going like, I started seeing how much sugar and everything I'm putting in my body all the time. And I'm going, I want to, I want to be a little bit healthier. And so we were doing, uh, elder meetings every other week in the mornings. And, you know, I, I wanted to, I really wanted to try and start drinking coffee without all the sugars and everything. And so it was a process over a number of years to get to, to that. And I think that was actually part of it is once I started cutting out all the sugars and everything in it, I was going, man, there's a wide range of tastes of coffee. Like when you're, when you're dumping loads of syrups in it, it doesn't matter if it's crappy coffee or good coffee. Uh, but once you start drinking it black, you start to realize there's actually a difference. And, um, and so then I, I got a small, we, we bought a, it wasn't an espresso machine, but it was some kind of little coffee maker that, that just made really strong, uh, single cup of coffee. And so then I was just trying different bags at the grocery store to see which kinds of beans. Do I like the dark roast? Do I like the light roast? And it was fun because it was like this whole new world of like, man, there's all these different kinds of coffees out there that I have had no idea existed. And so I just was like, I can't keep track. I'm trying, I love trying new things. And um, so I just started like wanting to find the best cup of coffee. Mm. And, uh, and that led into all kinds of, over the last few years, uh, different methods and pour overs and, cold brews and espresso shots. And like, I just, I geek out with all of that just on this pursuit to find the best cup of coffee. And so mm. I actually, the hobby of making coffee uh, is super fun and I love it way more than actually even drinking coffee. So, uh, Lindsay and the kids benefit a bunch cause I'm always pulling the shots and going, yeah, this one's, this one's just a little too bitter for me. I'm going to, I want to try and dial it in even more. Anybody want this? And, uh, so Nice. Um, so how does God use your marriage? Like how has he used it to help you grow? Wow. Um, I, that's a hard question. I, I feel like while John is pretty amazing and he's one of the most selfless and, uh, Christ-like people I know. So I feel like he's, been really big and just he pulls me in the right direction I guess mm. would be the right word and um even just you don't realize how sinful you are until you start living with somebody and then have kids and uh I a lot of the ways that I struggle like I didn't realize I was an angry person until I had children and realized I'm very quick to anger and impatient and John's the opposite he's very slow to anger and responds really well to the kids and so even just the example of like there's a better way to do this or I don't have to respond this way or um just following his lead a lot of in a lot of those areas we're opposite which is really kind of cool we're really similar in a lot of the ways that make living together nice but um so I just yeah more like revealing areas of sin that I didn't even know were there and then a safe place to get better. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, John. Yeah. Well, as Lindsay mentioned, you, uh, you start you living with somebody and, and you quickly realize how, uh, 
how impatient, how angry, how controlling, how much you like your comforts, your way. And so I think, um, I think just in general, learning to live with Lindsay in an understanding way has been a big part of my own growth. But I, I think more specifically, Lindsay's really good, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with the, um, she, the orderliness, like her, her desire to, to have details and clarity and attention to detail. I'm such an abstract, nothing's black and white, everything's gray. Uh, I'm very in the moment, what, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And I've watched as, as people have really felt loved by her because of her, um, her ability to remember people and see people and um, write things down, follow through, provide clarity and instruction. And, uh, and so those are all the things that don't come naturally to me. And I know that that's a way that really serves and blesses her. And so I think over the last two decades, I've had to learn how to, um, how to, how to behave in a way that, that, uh, just helps our family function. But in so doing, I've, I think God's grown me to have the ability to, to slow down and like consider things and consider people and notice things like that Lindsay is so good at. And, uh, and so that, that or organization that, um, I think that all of those things that image God, uh, as a creator and as a, as a kind of sustainer of life, she does that so well in our household. And I just have such a desire to want to enter into that space and so I've seen God grow me a ton in that. Nice. So, um, John, in terms of your role as a, as a pastor and elder, like how do you see God using kind of your gifts and experiences to lead here? Hmm. Yeah. I, so in general, so I'm the oldest. I've got uh, a bunch of younger sisters. But as the oldest brother, I feel like so much of my life, there's sort of this loyal, protective, I want to look out and help others flourish. I want to I look out and just make sure everybody's okay. And, um, and so I feel like I bring that into every sphere I, I walk into is sort of, I, I feel like, especially now that I've been here at Gateway for 15 years, um, there is, a, there is sort of this loyal older brother. I'm, I want to look out for the church and I want to look out for our staff and I want to look out for our, the families here. And, and uh, so I think I, I bring that naturally to all the environments I'm in. Um, I, love, I love seeing people flourish. So I want to put wind in people's sails. And, um, and so in every area, I just want to come up underneath others. Uh, and even if I can just raise them up one notch higher, like that's, that's my goal is just to go, where, where are you at? How can I help you take one step further? And um, I mean, that, that goes all the way back to the high school coaching days. Like, if I can just help you become this much better. And uh, if I'm sitting down with somebody and, and talking through kind of their life, and here's a way that I can help you uh, think through that differently. Um, but even now, I think in my role, both on staff, but even as an elder, I think there's sort of this bigger, older, kind of protective, loyal, like, I want to look out for our church. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that... Um, that we don't get caught up in things that that uh, are new and shiny and exciting. I want to make sure that uh, our focus is on Jesus, and I want to see people continually be surprised by Him, of just how great He is. And uh, 
And so that's that's sometimes in bigger ways, but that's in a lot of subtle like guys. This is what we're we're doing it, and we got to continue to go hard after him. And so I think I think those are some of the perspectives that uh, I'm wired that way, and I, I just bring it in to the that role. Do you think you got some of that from your folks? Yeah, my dad for sure. My dad's that way. Uh, he's he shows up like I know that if I ever needed anything my dad would be the first one to show up, even if it's the, the most inconvenient time mm. and he had something really important going on, he'd drop it to be right there where I needed it. And uh, and so I've experienced that so much over the years. And I think that's that's a lot of how I want to be, is going like um, wherever wherever I'm needed. Like I, I just want to know, like wh- where's the need? I want to I wanna make sure I can be there to support and help make it better. Yeah. Well, we've had a, an interesting past few five years. Uh, let's see, a contentious uh, election, uh, COVID, lockdown, uh, mass, no mass, just um, racial issues, politics. Like, what have you learned as being part of the elder team and navigating some of these kind of bigger things that have happened to us over the last five years? Yeah, honestly, I think a lot of it, the Lord's softened and humbled me in a, in a fresh way. I think there's when, when the church is going well and we're growing and there's not very many speed bumps, you can start to go look at what we're, we're doing, look at what we're building, look at how we did the right formula for success. And, um, and I think so much of what I'm learning is that it's about faithfulness and not about the right recipe of doing the right thing. And, uh, and, and within that, it's just an incredible dependence. And so more than anything, I think these last few years uh, has taught me is just how needy I am and how much I just go, God, I don't know half as much as I think I do. I don't have the courage to do uh, the things that I know I should do or step into the places I know you're calling me to step. Mm. And I don't, I don't know what to do other than just to go, God, help. And so I think... Um, especially the last few years for me personally, uh, I found myself growing in dependence as I'm growing in my realization of neediness. And so there's a, a real like open arms going, here I am, God, uh, I need you. Otherwise I'm hosed, um, mentality that helps go into things. And then I think walking into every situation to go like the Lord, the Lord's sovereign and he's, he's going to protect and build his church, but he's called different people in different seasons to be, uh, to be the, the wisdom or the, the sounding board or the, like, and no one person is that is going to have all of that. And so to go like, Hey, uh, I've seen the value of plurality, the value of going like in different seasons, some guys are just weary and others are like refreshed and energized and to go like, we need each other. We can't do it on our own. So I think that, I think that humility piece of just going like God's God, we need your help. Um, and that dependence piece I think is probably the thing over the last handful of years that I think has been really sweet. Yeah. How'd you, how do you think our team did over the last couple of years navigating all of that? Uh, you know what I, I love most? Um, uh, and, and you, I know will agree with this. I think, um, I don't ever want to take this for granted, but I think our elder team here at gateway is pretty special in the sense that we're really good friends. And, um, I mean, 
for a group of 10 very different guys, I mean, a, a bunch of different giftings, a bunch of different backgrounds, different ages, uh, different backgrounds. Uh, like, you just go like, there's a real um, desire that everyone's for one another. And uh, and just to look around the room and go like, man, these, these guys all love Jesus. And and I know that they ha- love me. And I know that every one of them loves this church like crazy. And so when you start there, and that's the place you begin with, then whatever whatever the situation is, you you go, all right, here's this huge just bomb that uh, like dropped in our lap. How do we handle this? It's it's not in a place where you're constantly you know suspicious of one another or you're wondering what motives are. There's a real unity that I think helped um, create a pretty united and comp- uh, cohesive front as we navigated every single one of the challenging steps mm. that we had to go through. And I think I think we all grew closer together as we just had to kind of shoulder you know the burdens together. Yeah. I, th- I think a real um, special moment was several months back when we did the elder retreat. We had such a great time. I mean, we worshiped, we sang, we laughed, we ate food. You know, we just had such a great time just all hanging out together. I mean, I think someone, I th- there's a group of them that were felt like they were playing cards 24-7. <laughs> so, but that's it was the, such a great time. Is it's like we, uh, we can, in a moment's notice, get into work mode and talk shop and we can start talking through details and bylaws and like uh, contingency plans and strategy for next year and all of that. And then we can just as quickly get right into talking about coffee or just laughing about uh, a video or, um, or just really leaning on each other, crying together. Like I think a number of guys have had just personal um, tough seasons and to be able to just see all of these brothers come together and go like, hey, we've got your back. We're here for you. Uh, I think that's the thing that's special is, uh, is that it's a it's both of those. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to wrap up with some fun rapid-fire questions. So are you guys ready? Go for it. Mm-hmm. All right, how do you like to Sabbath? Pretty lazily. <laughs> what does that look um, like? I rest by resting, not active uh I'm a homebody I love being at home um and watching sports so yes watching sports having nowhere to go or no to-do list like just hanging at home with our family with no agenda is Mm. is really restful for me I love working with my hands so uh working in my backyard I love uh you know the coffee stuff that like building things projects landscape um I love that kind of stuff. Mm. What are the three most important apps on your phone? And they could be your three favorite or just like your, your, your life would be difficult without these three apps. Calendar. Calendar. Yep. We got that one. Um, Prime messaging. That's my preferred mode of communication. So you'd rather text than call someone on the phone. I hate talking on the phone. (laughs) I hate talking in general, but, uh, um, I'm married to one of those. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like talking on the phone at all. So I like, I like texting. I mean, all the boring ones, but, um, probably one of my others would be, I think it's called paprika and it's all my recipes and grocery list. Oh, wow. Um, so paprika. that's a daily needed one. You're not being endorsed by paprika. Are you? No. This podcast yeah, is right. sponsored by paprika. <laughs> sure, no. There's lots of great ones. It's just the one we have. Paprika. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we all Good three apps. 
Uh, number one, probably most used app uh, for me is th- it's called Things. Um, it's a to-do app. It's kind of reminders. I I am very much um, out of sight, out of mind, and so almost all day long, throughout throughout every single day, I'm just opening up, going like, remind me when I get home. Remind me when I get back to the office. Remind me tomorrow to send. Remind me to check in on this because I don't remember anything. And so it's full. Like right now, there's probably 20-something different reminders for me to look at tomorrow of things to help just run my life. Uh, Second would be, there's actually a few that fall into this category, so I don't know if I'd name just one, but like all of the, I'm so into the like rhythms of like personal health and sleep and workout and so rise is one that i use a lot Uh, there's another called athletic um that shows me uh like my hrv throughout the day my peaks and my my dips so when i'm when i have energy when i don't hrv yeah the heart rate variable okay so um so i i know like how much exertion each day and how much rest I need to do and, and when to do important things and when to just uh, do mindless checking email. And so uh, Lindsay rolls her eyes all the time at me because she's like, you're such a nerd. Like, and nobody else cares about that stuff but me. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, and I can't stop. So I'm, I'm in those apps all day long. Um, just they run my life. And uh, your third. Probably weather. I love... <laughs> I I'm are the you only an person old, are you I know an, that checks the weather. Are you an old soul? Are you an old soul? Day. Is he an old soul? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> I love I love knowing the weather. I like knowing even to know like this time of year. When is the time I close my windows in my house? How long yeah. can I leave them open in the morning before it gets too hot? Wow. Speaking of messaging, Lindsay, how are your kids or or John? How are they in terms of texting? Do you have kids that text really well and they respond and they get information back and they engage or do you have any kids that you will text them and you just get ghosted or nothing none of them are that extreme like as far as ghosting or whatever uh well because you all see them at dinner some are well yeah they're all still (laughs) at home but uh some are more forgetful we have a couple that i mean could not look at their phone all day and they'd be fine that's great Um, but most of them are new enough to having a phone not all, not all of them even have phones yet but um that it's exciting so usually if i text they actually usually text me more than i text them nice. but our kids text us all the time a lot a lot of we're emojis, the ones that yeah. reply. <laughs> a lot of emojis yeah <laughs> that's great where do you guys like to vacation uh, for me i love being up in the pine trees mm-hmm. just i love being in the mountains Sitting on a porch with a good cup of coffee. Oh. Yeah, I I have a love hate relationship with vacations. Um, I'm a homebody, so I love being at home mm. and traveling. So you'd prefer a staycation. I love staycations um, or just a vacation from kids usually. But uh, I yeah, traveling is stressful. The planning, the prepping, the packing, and um, mm. so usually once I'm somewhere, I really enjoy it. But it's hard to anticipate like anticipate it or be excited about it um but and we camp a lot we camped a lot growing up so i that was another that was very stressful leading up to it but really enjoyable once you get there um so that was a fun family i could really go anywhere john is we just 
vacation. So well, if Johns can be in the pines on the porch yeah. drinking coffee, be that's right a there. Great one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great one. What do you find? Uh, well, what makes you laugh more, physical or verbal comedy? I don't totally know what that means, but probably verbal. Um, so the way the way that I'm thinking about it is like uh, like Seinfeld. You have Seinfeld, who is really funny with his mm-hmm. voice and with his words, but then you have Kramer, who has a lot of, or Elaine has a lot of physical comedy. Okay, probably more verbal. I've never, I've never really been into like the funny videos. I hate America. What's it called? America's uh, funny, funny video. Home videos. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of family that loves that. I <laughs> don't enjoy watching like that. Like, I don't know. It's not funny to me. But, yeah. but yeah, I could listen to comedians all day. I love. Nice. Yeah, the verbal for sure for me. I love witty, uh, timely Mm -hmm. comments. That just, oh, I so appreciate that. Yeah. Have you guys ever gone out to see a comedian? No, but we've wanted to. There's a whole bunch of them that every time we find out they're coming, we're going, oh, we're going to do that. And then it's, you know, trying to figure out if we can do it. And the night, we already have something planned. So it hasn't happened yet, but, yeah, I think we, we want to. Nice. Final question, favorite book of the Bible? I hate favorite questions. Um, What's your favorite question? (laughs) (laughs) I would say maybe Revelation, but not for the reasons most people like Revelation. Um, I think that was just, I, it was the one I most recently studied that I just got really excited about. We did that in the Bible study I do at BSF a few years ago, and I've always kind of avoided it because I assumed I was not smart enough to understand it, and I was just hoping somebody would teach on it at some Mm. point. Um, And I just was really surprised at how the kind of details and puzzle stuff doesn't really actually matter that much. Like, Mm. it's not, I don't know, that's not the whole book, and just, there's just a, I don't know, I just really enjoyed studying it and seeing, like, this is going to be crazy, but I'm going to be on the right team. And just that hope and the, um, I don't know, it's just, it surprised me in studying it. And so I really, really enjoyed it. So it was my most recent favorite. Yeah. You're probably excited then that we're going to be doing that here at church this fall. Get into it again. Uh, for me, it would be either Ephesians or Colossians. I mean, and both of those letters are pretty similar, but uh, just the gospel <laughs> centrality and the, the Christ focusness of each of those just I I could never read those enough. I love going through those. Mm. Well, we love you guys. You guys have been here from the beginning. It helped us launch Second Mile Church and then now Redemption and just uh, John, your leadership uh, as a pastor and elder and just uh, you guys are so great. So thank you so much for being the podcast. Um, use, th- those of you listening, we love you. We hope you have. Uh, this has been uh, educational and fun and uh, have a great evening.